Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you hit that subscribe button and I hope you're digging what we're doing here. Lord knows I've been digging what I've been doing lately, including getting all these new five-star reviews for helping people do what I love the most. No, not talking about old wrestling, but that's second talking about helping families just like yours save tens of thousands of dollars at savewithconrad.com. Is what we're talking about. We would love to help you save some cash right now. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, there's never been a better time to save money than right now. Just past my 19 year anniversary in the mortgage business. And I've never been able to offer rates as low as I can right now. I've also never been licensed in as many states. If you can hear my voice, there's a good chance I'm licensed in your state. And it's free to find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com. And how's this for starters? No house payments for two months. But don't take my word for it. Just ask Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He gave us a five-star review and said, fantastic service, great attention to detail, simple and easy process. How about over in Perryton, Texas? Darrell says, Conrad, David, and Jennifer were complete professionals, and I had recommended them already to a couple. I couldn't put them over more if I tried. Thank you again for helping us out in a major way. I won't forget it. What about up in Gallatin, Texas? William gave us a five-star and he says, Jimmy did a fine job keeping me informed, working through a couple of unique things involving our original loan. Would be sure to recommend this fine team to anyone. How about Christina moving down from New York City? Yep, she wrote, as first time home buyers coming from out of state, naturally this is a very stressful process, but save with Conrad was a blessing. The entire team is helpful, courteous, and just made the entire experience so much easier and more pleasant than it could have been I can't thank save with Conrad enough. Thank you for everything you've done for my family. The reviews keep on coming guys. Five-star reviews one after another. You're going to save a boatload of cash. If you're in a 30 year loan, we're going to show you how to pay your house off faster. And with cheaper monthly payments, maybe you've been throwing your money away on rent. You don't need a huge down payment or perfect credit to buy a house. We can help you make it happen right now. And maybe best of all, if you've got credit card debt, I can save you five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention interest rates in the twos? Can't believe that's real, but just last week we locked a bunch of new loans with interest rates in the twos. My only advice to you is hurry. Barry Habib is the foremost expert on interest rates. You've probably seen him on every cable news service. Just last week, he advised that we're on borrowed time with these rates. The time to act is now. Get ahead of this. You're going to be kicking yourself. You missed this once in a lifetime opportunity. Keep more of your own money. Go to savewithconrad.com right now before it's too late. There's no better time to say I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. 
Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the man of the hour, the host of the show, and of course, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer himself, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? As always, I'm doing well. No complaints. Well, glad to hear that. No complaints for me either. We're getting ready to kick off a fun show today. Night of the Champions 2010. We've had fun sort of reliving 2010 and reliving 2015. Today will be no different night of the champions here coming your way. And, uh, there's a lot going on here. Of course, we're on the heels of SummerSlam 2010. We're headed towards bragging rights, 2010 and right smack dab in the middle. Here we are. We should remind you coming off SummerSlam, there was team WWE led by John Cena and they defeated team Nexus led by Wade Barrett. It was a seven on seven elimination match. Kane wound up defending his world title over Rey Mysterio. Sheamus would retain his WWE title by DQ over Randy Orton and big show, uh, would defeat CM Punk. Of course, uh, that was a handicap match with big show on one side, CM Punk, uh, Joey Mercury and Luke Gallows. Before we get into this pay-per-view night of the champions, let's talk about some news and notes coming off that SummerSlam show. We've got Nexus and Cena in a, in a promo duel off, you know, you've got the Nexus loss to WWE at SummerSlam. Did you ever imagine that they would have fizzled that thing as, as quickly as they did? I think we've talked about it before, but, and I think you agree that most fans think that Nexus still had a lot of steam and we cut the legs out from under them a little bit at SummerSlam. Uh, absolutely. It had a lot of steam left. Uh, those guys were just getting really hot and the odds were, were so in their favor. You could have really ran for that for another year, at least. What, what else is notable at the time is Daniel Bryan, who came back at SummerSlam. He's got his first singles match after his return. He's going to lose to Michael Tarver in under three minutes. Why do you think it took so long for WWE to come around on Daniel Bryan? Was it just, did Vince not like his look? Did he not like his work? Did he not think he was big enough? 
Well, whoever knows what the reasons are, there was really no reason that made any sense because all you have to do is listen to the audience, you know, and uh, he was getting over and he was doing it, you know, because he was an everyday guy, a uh, blue collar guy that had earned his way and paid his dues in the Indies. And that word had caught around, you know, we used to think that that indie hotline or you know, was it all that powerful, but it is word gets around. And, and when there's a new guy out there that the audience feels like, uh, you know, should be on one of the, the big companies and one of the big shows, they'll let you know. No doubt about it. And the fans are with him. Um, Michael Cole is going to spend most of the match though, with Daniel Bryan and Michael Tarver burying him and his vegan ways. That feels like a Vince directive. Do you think that was, I mean, I know this sounds silly. I almost feel funny even asking it, but I don't think Michael Cole would have done that on his own. Right. Somebody was in his ear telling him to make fun of the fact that he didn't eat meat. Right. Well, yeah. And then what does that mean? <laughs> Who cares? Right. You know? Yeah, of course. Everything comes from the top. Alex Riley's highlighted with a promo with the Miz about Brian. What do you think about Alex Riley? We haven't spent a lot of time talking about him, but I'm curious as to your take as to why he didn't become a bigger star. It felt like he had the right look. His work seemed fine, but that's from me, my perspective as a fan, you knew him better than I did. What can you tell us about Alex Riley? Well, you know, I think Alex had, you know, a good look and I think his work was okay. Uh, he seemed to gel well when they put him with the Miz, you know, um, but there's a famous story that, uh, you know, he was offered some help from John Cena and seemed less than enthused or interested, which would have immediately made its way back to the, uh, to the locker room and to the office. And I'm sure it was around that time that his water got cut off. I love that phrase. His water got cut off. Uh, Del Rio is really beginning his big push here. He's got the intro of, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez starting here. What'd you think of Del Rio when he first comes in? I think a lot of people thought, man, this is going to be the next great Latin star. And, uh, of course he had some on again, off again runs, but I don't know that he ever achieved the success that I would have imagined. I kind of thought he was going to be, you know, the, a, a, a Hispanic Randy Orton or something like that. And that just didn't wind up becoming his legacy. Well, they were thinking he was going to be a baby face and he wasn't, he was naturally a heel. That was the way he worked. That was the way he came across. And, uh, Rodriguez, you know, was classic, you know, you just had to love to hate that guy. He yeah. was that, that added touch of just really come on here. So it was like there were, the office was hoping this guy was going to be a big baby face, but everything that he did pulling in on the expensive vehicles and all that, it was a heel push. Of course. So, so, you know, wish in one hand and take a dump in the other, you know, it's, it's like, if you want a guy to be a baby face, push him like a baby face. And all those trappings did not point to a baby face. The so one thing I will say about Alberto with my dealings with him is, uh, and it was always just on a personal base or excuse me, a professional basis. Every time I suggested something that I thought would make him better, he plugged it in. He tried it. He, he did his best to implement it. So from that perspective, 
for me, he was fine to work with. No issues. Sun's out, bum's out, and hopefully your pubes are not out. Manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the waist. And listen, we've all, uh, we've all had a grooming mishap of some sort in our day. And I can only imagine how many of the boys have had with those disposable razors they used to use. Well, not anymore. See, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add to their Lawnmower 3.0 or the perfect package. Now, Shears 2.0 is a luxury four piece nail kit which is going to feature tempered stainless steel tools. And it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. You're probably wearing flip-flops and people don't want to see those nasty unclipped toes of yours. No one likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, and most importantly, balls. That's why they forever changed the game with the perfect package 3.0. Of course, you know, the perfect package 3.0 comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0, which is water resistant, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave, or more importantly, a ball cleanup. Of course, this is the third generation trimmer that features the same great skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver which of course is their anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner, and that's been designed to give you a little pep in your step. Subscribe today and you'll get the perfect package with a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered right to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ARN at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ARN at manscaped.com. One more time, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use our promo code ARN. Summer is here. Time to Manscaped. Let's keep it moving here and talk about somebody else coming in. Tyler black is going to sign with WWE and report to FCW. Of course, later we're going to go on to know him as Seth Rollins. Did you ever frequent FCW? Was that ever part of your responsibilities to go check on the talent and see how it was going? Maybe speak to a group or hold a class or something like that. Yeah. And that, and that time, uh, we were going down periodically every six, eight, three months, you know, six or eight weeks or three months. And pretty much analyzing their talent. I, I, uh, Seth stayed under my radar for a while and I don't know why. I don't know what the timing was. I don't remember, uh, exactly when I was there and when he was or when he wasn't, but boy, once he did, you know, everybody said, Hey, watch this guy. And once they pulled him up, man, he took off. I could see what everybody was talking about. That's for sure. Uh, Skandar Akbar passes away on August 19th. Did you ever cross paths with him? I healed rooms with him. Really? Yes, sir. When I first went to, uh, Bill Watts, um, didn't know anything obviously. And 
day one, Akbar, who had a big room there with Jerry Usher, who was a longtime referee in uh, Baton Rouge, but it was like, I mean, like a really big room and had like two double beds in it, two fold out couches. So, uh, Akbar said, you got a place to stay kid. I said, no, sir. And, you know, pretty much just told him, I, I didn't know exactly what to do or where to stay. Or he said, well, you got to have a long-term plan. You need to pick a city, figure out your driving routes. The best one. And I've been around a long time is stay here in Baton Rouge. That way, you know, you're going to be here on Monday and Tuesday, no matter what, every week, because that was New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So I figured out after I'd been there a little while what he meant. You know, as much driving as you did, that was at least stable. You knew you were going to have that. And another thing that I noticed that was just, uh, it just floored me, was uh, when it would be bedtime, I would just happen to look over, and he would pull out a wad of cash, which was later determined to be $5,000 in small denominations that he had folded and had a rubber band around it. And he put it in his pillowcase, laid his head on it. And uh, that was every night. And he would pull that money out on TV. And it was a gimmick, but it wasn't a gimmick roll. It was not a gypsy roll. It was five grand. And I always thought that was peculiar. I was thinking... You know, like a dumbass, why is that money? Why didn't he have that money in the bank <laughs> earning money for him? You know, that was my only thought. Not that that was his gimmick and it was impressive, and that's the reason he was employed and making money, but I figured that out pretty quick. But it was pretty much something to behold. Let's talk about some other controversial news. Uh, Serena Deeb, who's 24 at the time, is released sort of out of nowhere. Uh, she's right in the middle of a straight edge society push on TV and she's cut loose. And the rumor in the newsletters was perhaps she was, uh, drinking a little too much on the road. And, uh, maybe the company thought that she was a risk or a liability. I don't know, but I never met Serena, but I, I saw this story in my research. What can you tell us about Serena or what, you know, of, of why she parted ways? Well, and, and I didn't know either. You know, there was a rumor that something happened in L.A., uh, something, some episode that involved alcohol. And if you've got a straight-edge gimmick, yeah, there's re there's really no gray area there. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's either or. It's not, well, I'll just have a couple occasionally. Um, and that was one of the times that the, they put their foot down and said, you can't. You can't be straight edge and not be straight edge. So, but it, my dealings were whether she was tremendous talent, very coachable, nice person. She just made a mistake. Lance Cade's death is in the news a lot. Again, it's brought up in uh, Linda's campaign because she's, uh, obviously running for political office. We haven't spent a ton of time talking about Lance. What do you remember about Lance that you could share with us? He was a notable tag team guy with Trevor Murdoch and. I thought he had a great look. I think he came through Shawn Michaels wrestling Academy and felt like the sky was the limit for him. And now he's gone way too soon. Yeah. We've talked about him before and, and I, I really liked that kid. Him and Murdoch were kind of like Cody and Teddy jr. They were some of my favorite guys and, you know, performance was their deal. Uh, now Lance had the look. He was perfect for, for WWE at the time. 
as far as being young, in shape, talented, athletic, handsome kid, all those things. Uh, Murdoch, not so much, but a phenomenal worker. He actually looked like he could have been Dick Murdoch's kid, and his his style of work was, I mean, the kid was damn good. You know, I, I put a stamp of approval on his work and a nice kid. You know, he was very professional. Uh, they made a great team. You know, it was just that era that was during a time that we were losing guys left and right. The pills are a curse. And it uh, it stole a lot of talented guys from the business. Uh, he was just one of them. And uh, it's, when you're as young as he is and have all the things to offer life that he does, just a terrible tragedy. I think Jr. somewhere once upon a time said that ultimately what led to his release was he made a major league mistake while utilizing bad judgment. And there was lots of r- rumor and innuendo that perhaps he had over-medicated, had a seizure on a plane. They needed an emergency landing. It was not a good look for the company. So he winds up getting released, but he passes away here in, in 2010 at just 29 years old. And a couple of months later, a medical examiner would say that it was an accidental death from mixed drug intoxication and, uh, 29, man, you just think, I mean, I've often heard that sort of wrestler prime is what, like 38, to 42. And, and, and you had to step away right in your prime. And this guy's still gosh, 10 years away from quote unquote wrestler prime, right? He was just getting started. Yeah. He was just what I would call a very talented, promising rookie. But I saw that he had the skills to mature and really go a long way. It's unfortunate that we're hitting all this negative stuff back to back, but around the same time, August 27th, we find Luna Vachon has passed away. How much time did you spend with Luna over the years? Any good Luna stories you can share with us? Never. I was never around her. I think I might've met her one time when she was there for some special show or reunion show or something. I, I think I met her one time and I don't recall that conversation. Just uh, always heard what a what a tough chick she was. Again, another one of those sad stories about uh, mixing prescription drugs. Only 48 years old, and I think it was an overdose of oxycodone. Just so many lessons to learn here, boys and girls. If you're listening, don't do it. Uh, and certainly never mix it with alcohol. Um, Dave Meltzer's reporting there's another fellow in the doghouse, but he's out these days and making a big mark for himself on Raw. MVP is in the doghouse, according to Dave Meltzer. What do you remember about him being so the office sort of being down on him here 10 years ago? Well, what did Meltzer say? What was the reason they were down on him? I don't, I don't re- recall that. He just simply referenced that he was in the doghouse and that just sort of stuck out to me. And maybe it shouldn't have, because we've heard that, you know, the office quote unquote can get down on you for something silly. So maybe there's much to do about nothing. Well, and we don't, we're not privy to those conversations you know that's part of that non-communication thing right you know, if it if it was especially with a relationship that i had with a lot of guys if it would have came down hey this guy is not doing this or doing this or we've heard this guy's doing that you know how about talking to him i would have been glad to talk to anybody certainly him you know because i worked with him a lot as far as you know in the ring in the afternoon and teaching him maybe some things that that he didn't know and, uh, I would have certainly had that conversation with him. So, 
again, there's the the communication level between the different departments could always be better. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate Stevensinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. No doubt about that. Um, we should mention that whatever's going on, he is apparently on his way out. I think he's out of here December 2nd. So this is the beginning of something for sure. The original incarnation of NXT is renewed for a third season, and it's announced as an all-women's cast. Of course, this is before NXT has its own show and has almost ran like a its own little promotion. It's almost like a, a modern version of Tough Enough, where it's a segment on TV. What do you think of NXT being a part of the regular programming? Well, as we've seen, you don't get that TV time spread around nearly enough between the guys that are already pulled up and the guys that are up that are going to be in your towns that are either going to be you know, doing favors for other guys or being featured or going to get a rocket strapped to their butt or whatever the case may be, that time needs to go to the guys that are already up to just randomly bring a guy up that you're going to have for just one segment. And then you may not see him again. It, uh, it, it seems a little foolish unless you have huge plans for that person. We've got a, an announcement coming here that says Chris Jericho is going to be main eventing at night of champions. And if he doesn't win the WWE title, he's going to leave WWE once upon a time, maybe a generation before these stipulations were a really, really big deal. And in this era, it starts to feel like, well, they'll just do whatever they want and they can undo it the next day. Do you think, you know, I mean, obviously that's hurt the stipulation, but eventually if nobody sticks to anything, nothing means anything, right? I mean, when you heard steps like that, did you start to roll your eyes or did you think, well, Hey, that could work this time. Well, yeah. And guys retiring, but weren't retiring. Right. You know, there was a time when it was a very simple black and white business and you had white hats and black hats. And when you put a guy in a cage, he was going to get all the things coming to him that he had asked for as far as, uh, a rebuttal coming his way. There was loser leave towns where a guy really left. And, uh, all those stipulations meant something because they were protected. And the minute you just started acting like, Oh, well, you know, nobody will remember, you know, we'll 
go six months down the road and bring a guy back and all those things. We, you know, we shit in our own mess kit so many times as a business. Instead of having a guy say something or have a set of rules that pertains across the board from now until eternity, nobody ever knows what the rules are. And when you start that confusion, that's when you hurt your own product. Let's get to uh, some news and notes as we head into the show. This is directly from the Observer. Triple H's role in the company was officially formalized in an executive position, and he's working in the office. His official title is senior advisor, which basically means he's working directly under Vince McMahon. He's been given a new office. One person noted it's really the role he's been doing as Vince's main advisor on the wrestling end of the business for nearly the past decade, but this formalizes it and also gives him a corporate title. So it kind of places him officially in one of their apparent roles. Uh, that people largely figured he was getting. So he's positioned here as the heir apparent, if you will. He's going to be the uh, successor. Were you surprised when they formalized it? You know, a lot of times guys have, you know, sort of the nickname behind the scenes, right hand man. Lord knows Pat Patterson and once upon a time Bruce Pritchard did. But with them giving him the official title, it feels like uh, a bit of a shift. Now he's not just quote unquote one of the boys, even though nobody really considered him that at this point, I'm sure. What did this change anything as far as the way the locker room felt about him or not so much? Well, I think everybody, and I mean, fans and talent and different companies alike, that info made it through the grapevine long before it was announced. Right. Yeah. The only problem I would see having with it is when you have a guy that's still wrestling in a main event role on your show, and now you tell him you know, and tell the audience that you've pretty much got the magic wand. You can wave it for yourself any way you want. I think you're immediately asking the audience to to dislike that guy is having uh, more than an equal opportunity. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, And I think, you know, once a guy has his own destiny in his hands, it kind of, it's kind of hard to put jeopardy on that guy. You know, you're not going to have a hunter, you know, if I lose, I'll retire. If I lose, I'll quit, you know, because everyone knows now he's firmly ingrained. He's not going anywhere, you know? So I think it takes away some of your options for him as a talent and the jeopardy you can put on him and, and the what ifs that may happen when you announce formally this guy's, he's the heir apparent. We should mention that, uh, there's some other news and notes as we head into the show and gosh, I hate covering all the negativity, but that's what's going on in this era. Meltzer would report on the 20th of September, Matt Hardy's future in WWE is in question regarding a behavioral issue that is being kept quiet that took place in Europe. And then we're not too far removed from his run with WWE starting to wind down. And of course he's had lots of stops and starts over the years. Any memories of this situation with him in Europe? Yeah, but it's, you know, again, it was during that time. I tried to just, if it didn't directly affect me, I tried to stay out of people's, I I put that in the personal business category. And I feel like a guy's personal business, unless I can do something in a positive way to help him. And I didn't know Matt, 
uh, we weren't as far as relationships. We weren't in a relationship as far as being friends to the point that I would step in and go, Hey, what's going on? What's go what's going on? Right. I just didn't feel comfortable with that. And uh, I just tried to stay out of everybody's personal business, but it was, yeah, there was, you know, rumor and innuendo. It was just that period of time. It just seemed like guys were going haywire and, you know, we were traveling all the time. Uh, the schedule was unbelievable. And it was, you know, guys were looking for outs as far as some way to, to sleep or escape. And I'm not, I'm not justifying it by any means, uh, because it's the wrong thing to do. And when you're dumping alcohol on top of it, like you said earlier, it is a, uh, it's just a explosion fixing to happen. So, but I do remember he went through a rough patch. On September 12th, the company would confirm that he was sent home from a European tour and following them reporting this, uh, Matt started posting videos online, his YouTube channel specifically expressing his disinterest in the company and their product and insisting that he wanted to be released. He gets his wish about a month later on October 15th. It's announced that he is released and, um, Hardy would eventually state that he had actually been released two weeks prior to them making the announcement. So he got his wish. And as we know, he shows up in January of uh, the following year. So just a couple months later for TNA and he's off to the races. Uh, your old friend, Mike Shaw passed away on September 10th. Uh, we don't talk about Mike a lot cause we haven't covered a lot of the old stuff. What do you remember about working with Mike? Mike Shaw? Yeah. I thought you worked with him a little bit. Did you not? I don't recall that name. Norman, the lunatic. Oh, Norman, the lunatic. Now, how was I supposed to know his name was Mike Shaw? Well, I'm sorry. I just assumed you called everybody by their real name since you now see, see I, I've, I've let that Marty thing out now and it's coming back to bite you on the ass a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I still, to this day, 99% of the time call a guy by his working name. I got it's my memory is too feeble to remember two names for everybody. Understood. Okay. Well, at least, at least I didn't call him bastion booger to you. You wouldn't remember that for sure. Yeah, because that the whole booger thing get, makes my stomach. Turn. <laughs> Norman the lunatic, what a character! Any any memories of working with him? I feel like you've got a funny Mike Shaw story. Well, no, just the fact that he could do no wrong and he was all over the place. You know, it was the character could do whatever. Um, I just remember that they wanted him to be nasty looking, and but it was shoot. You know, he was kind of grungying himself up and that's never a good thing when you're in a crowded room. Um, I don't even know how long a run he had. Do you recall? Yeah. I mean, he was around for a long time. I mean, he wasn't the WWF as Bastion Booger, but before that, as we said, I mean, he worked as Norman, the lunatic and man, he had a bunch of names, cousin, Mike, Friar Ferguson, Klondike, Mike, Mock and sing man, mountain, Mike, Mike Stryker. Uh, trucker Norman. Holy smokes. Where was he all this time? He's all over the place, man. I mean, he was in Calgary and WCW and global and Mexico and he was a journeyman. He was all over. Is he still with us? No, passed away here. 2010. Well, gosh, I guess he had a hell of a career if he went all those places. Yeah. He was all over. 
Uh, that's all I remember then. I remember Bastion Booger and how it made me <laughs> heave every time I thought about it. There's one thing you know about Arn Anderson is that he is an ass kicker from way back. He's ready to fight at the drop of a hat. He doesn't wear white hats, etc., etc. But the people who know Marty Lundy know that one of the biggest parts of his life is getting a good workout in. But that's been increasingly difficult this year. And if you're looking for a workout that keeps you engaged, learning, excited, and motivated, a workout that's never boring and always challenging, you've got to check out Fight Camp. Fight Camp brings the boxing gym to your living room. They provide you with all the gear and the top trainers, everything you need to get great workouts in. The boxing workout has always been ranked as one of the best ways to get in shape. And honestly, it's one of the most fun ways to combine cardio and strength training. And Fight Camp brings that boxing gym to you with a mix of cardio and conditioning for a full body workout. It comes with all the gear you need. We're talking the best freestanding punching bag on the market, great boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique punch tracking sensors that show you real-time progress and stats on any iOS device. We should also mention that you can try Fight Camp workouts for free. Just download the Fight Camp app and select the workout of your choice. This is a great way to test your trainer. Speaking of trainers, you can learn from six highly qualified trainers ranging from a professional MMA fighter and a mother of two to a boxing world champion. Now, if you're new to boxing, their 12 week starter program teaches you the fundamentals of boxing while you still get a great workout every single time. You even have access to more than 400 different workouts for all levels of fitness and skills. There's four new ones added every week, but check this out. Fight camp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now is a limited time offer. You can try Fight Camp for 30 days with their money back guarantee. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash ARN. That's right. Try Fight Camp for 30 days. And if you don't love it, they'll refund your money. Train like a fighter and turn your sweat into results. To try Fight Camp for 30 days, just go to joinfightcamp.com slash ARN. That's joinfightcamp.com slash ARN. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Let's get to the night of the champion show. You watched it this week for the first time in 10 years. The readers of the wrestling observer thought the best match, believe it or not, was Daniel Bryan and the Miz. They thought the worst match was Michelle McCool and Melina. And they gave it an overwhelming thumbs in the middle, 56.3% thumbs in the middle, 24% thumbs up, 19.8% thumbs down. Uh, we're going to draw a legitimate sellout crowd here. It's always a hot crowd when you're in the Allstate Arena in Chicago. 13,851 fans, more than 11,000 paid. Big house. Chicago fans, man. Uh, you know, we've just talked about how hot Philadelphia could be and New York City could be. But for my money, I think Chicago is probably the number one town, maybe for heat and quote unquote smart marks and all that. That ECW Philadelphia crowd is rabid. But they are hot every time in Chicago. Are they not? It's probably the number one, you know, and don't get mad at me. Other, other cities that are been so kind to us, but Chicago's probably the best wrestling city in the world. Yeah. Day in, day out, small company, uh, star casts, personal appearances by guys, you name it all the way up to, to WrestleMania, I would suggest they will support 
all wrestling, any wrestling, and they are the greatest fans anywhere. Uh, they really are. And this all happened, by the way, on September 19th, right? Yep. One day before, guess whose birthday? Uh, yours? Yes. Oh, sorry. Now, now I know why I didn't get a present, My card, bad. or cake from you. I'm sorry. Or maybe that we didn't even know each other back then. Yeah, back then I did not know you. That's for sure. Could have still sent a cake. I could have, and it would have it would have gone to a good home. Yes, my derby. <laughs> Let's talk about the first match here. We've got Dolph Ziggler pinning Kofi Kingston in a match where the title could change hands by DQ or a countout. Dolph gets the win with a pin. Twelve minutes forty two seconds. He's accompanied to the ring by Vicky Guerrero. Uh, and Caitlin, and I guess this is supposed to be uh, a big storyline. We'll see what happens. Guerrero goes on to uh, slap Kingston. Ziggler yells at her because if the ref saw and DQ'd him, he'd lose the title. She stops. While distracted, Kingston goes for the trouble in paradise, but misses again, and Ziggler wins clean with the zigzag. Uh, Meltzer says, overall, it was a solid opener. Two and a half stars. I got to tell you, man, when you give these two guys ample time, they can put on one hell of a match. What'd you think of this one? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the match was excellent. I don't, it feels like at this point in time, they had gotten together a few times. I'd seen a little bit on TV and, you know, it wasn't like it was a first time deal. They did have an inner story with, uh, Caitlin, you know, being out there, who's a baby face and Vicky who had a ton of heat. That excuse me drove them nuts. Really did. She did a good job with that. And uh, they were trying to tell a little story with the stipulations that uh, that were based on the match, which was abnormal, you know, to to lose a championship if you got DQ'd. So it had some interest in it. Anytime you can get Dolph Ziggler a win, I'm all for it. Next up, we've got uh, Big Show working with CM Punk. Big Show's going to win in four minutes and 43 seconds. Meltzer would write, Punk came out to probably as big of a face reaction as anyone in the show since they were in Chicago. Lawler didn't understand why, which makes him seem out of touch since Punk always gets this reaction in Chicago. Matt Stryker's inside remark about how Punk's childhood friends Scott and Chris were at the show. Of course, in real life, they're uh, pro wrestlers Colt Cabana and Ace Steel. To turn the crowd, Punk does a promo about how much he loved Chicago, but then said he hates the inhabitants of the city for ruining it. And the finish would see Punk come off the top right into a spear by show, who then finished him with a knockout punch. And Meltzer would say it appears with the weakness in babyface depth, particularly on SmackDown, they're trying to get show in a position where he's seen as a top of the card guy again. One star. What do you think? of uh, big show and CM punk here. Not a lot of time for this one. Well, you know, I think the audience saw through punk turning on them and knew where that came from. I don't think it worked. Right. As a matter of fact, I know it didn't work. So that was, uh, you know, a fruitless effort to even try to do that. They're too smart, way too smart for that. He was, that's his hometown. He is their conquering hero. I also don't think the thing would have been to put him over the giant. I've tell show all the time back, you know, when we're working together, 
you never get a second chance to be a giant. And anybody on the card or anybody in the company that can't lose to the giant knocking you out without it killing your career really didn't have a career anyway. So I don't think Punk hurt him hurt himself. You know, he, he gave a good accounting. He made it exciting. He did all the things you should do. And when he got the giant down, he, he tried to keep him down, which made sense. And uh, losing to the Giants not going to hurt Punk or anybody else. So I think the right call was to put show over. They did some fun stuff here. Big show and CM Punk in 2010, but this is the end of the program. And it feels like it sort of died on the vine and it was time to move on. Uh, I guess it was really time for Punk to, I don't know. It feels like he, he's been positioned as a guy who was just underneath the top of the card but it felt like the crowd was ready for him, but maybe the office wasn't just yet. Do you think? Well, yeah, that happens a lot. And that comes from not listening to the audience 100% because sometimes things, a guy's just a middle guy and something will happen. He'll have a breakout match or he'll have a breakout promo or just something as simple as that. But the audience will flame up. And the next week, they'll flame up even more. The key to to catching that is listening to them. And whatever you had written down, you know, you got 30 writers in a room. Change it. Did you hear the audience last week? Did you hear them this week? Here's what they want. And each week, if they didn't, for example, hear the res- response Daniel Bryan was getting, and it was literally growing week to week. You could tell the difference. You got to listen to that and give the audience what they want. Next up, we've got uh, a good match. Daniel Bryan and the Miz are going to go 12 minutes and 27 seconds. And Daniel Bryan gets his big moment. He wins the United States title. Alex Riley comes out with Miz and, uh, your old pal, Matt Stryker gave you a shout out on commentary right in the middle of the match. Uh, he says shades of double a happy birthday. You belong in the hall of fame. I guess this was your 52nd birthday. Golly, look at you getting old. 62 this month, huh? That's correct. Well, thanks, Matt. I never knew that. That was nice <laughs> of you. You could have sent me a check too. I'd have been all right with that. Hey, you get your checks around the 27th. Calm down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah, boy. Hey, appreciate everybody tuning in here on adfreeshows.com and for hitting that subscribe button. It means a lot to Arn's family and my family around the 27th of the month every month i love you guys thank you <laughs> uh brian suddenly gets the labelle lock and Miz taps uh not like a danielson main event you'd see at an indie show but even with the wwe style it was probably the best match on the show that's directly from the observer old dave gave it three and a half stars i don't know why but i think daniel Bryan and Miz is going to go down as one of those great all-time classic feuds i mean even a few years ago when daniel wasn't wrestling again uh, they had that whole talking smack blow up and it had everybody talking something about their chemistry really works. Does it not? Yeah, of course it does. Well, here's, here's the biggest mistake, uh, that anybody could make Daniel Bryan's the veteran, right? Miz was the rookie. They had it backwards on how they were presenting it because he was a WWE guy and Daniel was from the Indies, but the reality was, and the audience knew He's the one paid his dues. He's the one who had the most ring time. He was the best worker. He had the best psychology. He had the best work ethic. 
but he was considered the underdog. And that's what helped flame that up so much. And Miz was a guy, you know, if you give Miz a microphone three minutes later, you want to go in there and baseball bat the guy because he can get heat. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a heel, but he was working, you know, that WWE style, which, uh, didn't allow for the five-star match that you could have had with Daniel Bryan and say Dolph Ziegler, you know, the work rate was just not there, you know, for me, it's to be able to counter all those submissions that Daniel could have plugged in anywhere and all that. It made that a real chess match, not his fault. It was the way he was groomed and, and taught in the business. But uh, Daniel Bryan can do a lot of cool stuff. No doubt about it. Go back and watch this one. I think it's the best match on the card. I agree with the readers of The Observer. Who would have ever predicted, though, on the heels of this? I mean, gosh, the next year, Miz is in the main event of WrestleMania against John Cena and wins. And, of course, what, four years after this, man, the, the yes thing really catches on. Daniel Bryan as one of the more spectacular WrestleMania moments at WrestleMania 30. It's fun to go back and watch this before they really sort of hit it big with the audience. Next up, we've got Michelle McCool pinning Melina to unify the divas title and the women's title into one belt. They're going to go six minutes and 29 seconds in what's called a lumber Jills match, not a lumber Jacks match. Meltzer would write. I'm not sure who was in charge of laying this match out, but the agents in the company all have decades of experience, and this was laid out by someone who must have forgotten everything he learned. Suffice to say that all the lumberjills, even the heels, were favoring the baby faces. Basically, it was McCool against everyone. McCool the heel won in the end. All the women were attacking McCool on the floor when Layla ran in, but Melina threw her out. McCool escaped from her beating and laid out Melina with a high kick and a pin. Quarter star. A lot to unpack here. The biggest of which is I want your take on Dave's comments about the agents who laid this out must have forgotten everything they knew. I will tell uh, Mr. Meltzer to address Fit Finley on that matter. I'm almost uh, guaranteeing that would have been his match. So let's have him discuss that uh, with him. Face to face would be good. Uh, number one, when you got a bunch of green girls and they don't understand what a lumberjack match is just cause, you know, I've seen green guys, lumberjack matches are supposed to go down like this. When the baby face gets chunked out of the ring, the bad guys rough him up, throw him back in. Conversely, when the bad guy, the heel tries to get out and escape the baby faces around the ring, throw him right back in. So the guy in the match can have a fair shake of beating the guy it's a pretty simple formula but it's also takes a t uh, experienced talent to be able to pull that off and to, to make a run for it and actually look like you're looking for that opening on the floor that you can slide out and go over the rail and do all those things you know there's more to it than just uh rolling out and getting beat up and rolling back in number one they made the first mistake by how do you unify that championship when you have co-owners of it? Right. Who decided which one was going to defend it? Well, then when uh, Michelle won it, did they announce again co-owners of the unified championship? 
No. Just Michelle, right? Yeah. So, uh, already you've got an issue as far as continuity. It seems like to me, if they could defend it one or the other, which couldn't have happened to begin with. So that's back to testing the rules and all those things. It's like a loser leave town, but a guy don't leave. It's like a retirement where a guy don't retire. The whole concept, it's like somebody gets eliminated in the Royal Rumble, but pops up on the apron. Now they're already out of the match and they eliminate a guy that's still in the match. How does that happen? It's a breakdown and the believability and credibility of what you're trying to do. And when that kind of stuff happens all the time, it's going to sour your audience on, on what actually are the rules and regulations. And this was another one of those scenarios, I think. One of the things I enjoy most about our podcast is that it's all about nostalgia. It makes me think about, you know, being a kid and growing up as such a big wrestling fan and growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But most of us had to give it up when we realized it's full of sugar and junk that we really shouldn't be eating. But then when you realize, hey, if I cut out all the carbs and the sugar, man, there, there's nothing I can even eat anymore. But you still need to eat breakfast, right? I mean, we've always heard it's the most important meal of the day. And that makes sense. You know, if you if you start your, uh, your engine going the right way in the morning, you're going to be more productive at work. You're going to get more shit done. But how do we make this happen? Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is a sponsor of this podcast, and I got to tell you, we are a fan in the Thompson household, and here's why you're going to dig it. Zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in every serving. They've also got four really badass flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. It almost feels too good to be true. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free. It's low-carb, and it's GMO-free. Uh, I have absolutely fell in love uh, with magic spoon my wife is a big fan of fruity and and you can probably guess what that tastes similar to i'm a big fan of cocoa uh our daughter really likes blueberry you're gonna love it too find out which one you like the best go to magicspoon.com forward slash 83 weeks grab a variety pack and try them all today be sure to use that promo code 83 weeks at checkout you're gonna get free shipping for that we should mention magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed by 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash 83 weeks and use the promo code 83 weeks for free shipping. And we thank magic spoon for sponsoring the podcast. We believe in it. You will too. Try the cocoa buddy. You're going to dig it. Magicspoon.com forward slash 83 weeks. Yeah. Next up, we've got Kane and undertaker. Uh, Kane's going to win in 18 minutes and 27 seconds to retain the world title. Meltzer would say long match with the crowd dead most of the way, but Kane was on offense. Taker went for the tombstone, but Kane reverses it. Then spikes undertaker with a tombstone and gets the clean win. Undertaker acted hurt and got a little applause leaving, walked way too slowly to the back, fell down once and acted like he was in great pain going out star in three quarters. It's a pretty long match for these two. Not really what I would expect in, in sort of a non-SummerSlam, non-WrestleMania effort. What's the thinking when you have two big guys like that go so long? Well, and brothers and, and all their history. And hadn't they wrestled several times prior to this? Oh, yeah, a lot. You know, how do you go from... Now, we had already had a Buried Alive. 
Uh, yeah, before that's this happened. Yep. So I mean, it's like working backwards. You don't have a cage match hypothetically, uh, hell in the cell, and then a buried alive, and then have a regular match. You're working right. backwards. Right. You know, and, and if that's the order, and I'm trying to check my memory, you know, I think it was something like that. Right. Right, right about that. Yeah. So you're, you're working your way down the ladder and two brothers. I'm not fans of fighting all the time, you know, and there was not a sympathetic figure and probably, I don't know for sure, but I bet Taker was out there doing, doing the right thing by Kane to try to elevate him because Kane certainly paid his dues, you know, in this business and did the right thing for the right guys. And he's a legitimate monster. So this was his, chunk of time to be pushed and i'm sure taker in his mind was going to do everything he could possibly do to assist in making kane mean everything that he can mean to the company and it was just another uh uh dose of professionalism by taker just like I, you know every time i've ever seen him the guy's just a pro period and that was another night Let's get to uh, the next match. Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes are going to win a gauntlet series to become the new tag team champions. The match wasn't even announced ahead of time. Uh, even as of the weekend, this is according to Meltzer creative. Didn't know which way they were going with the tag team title other than it would be at stake on the show. Uh, Dave would write the feeling is McIntyre has the look and size to be a star and Rose has some charisma with his dashing cocky gimmick. Plus it gets them both on shows. The deal here is the way it was put together was for them to win the titles, but never beat the heart dynasty. But again, psychology was all ass backwards because the heart dynasty was supposed to come off as top contenders, but instead they lost in two minutes clean. They should have won two or three matches and then lost. And the story of the situation was unfair to them. Instead, they came off like losers and as faces put in a position of challenging for the title. That's exactly what you don't want to come across as. Because everyone thought the belts that Bret Hart brought out were so ugly. They've got new tag belts. And, uh, he would say the Usos beat the Hart dynasty in two minutes and 13 seconds. Then the Usos beat Santino and Kozlov in 44 seconds. Mark Henry and Evan Bourne would beat the Hart dynasty in a minute and 20. McIntyre and Rhodes would beat Henry and Bourne in 606. And Dave would note that people were surprisingly into this match, particularly Evan Bourne selling. Henry got hot tagged in leading to a hilarious spot where Rhodes ran at Henry and was supposed to get hit and fall down. Well, he ran too fast as Henry hadn't even started his punch when Rhodes got there. So Rhodes gets there and just falls down selling a punch that was never thrown. So ridiculous looking the finish saw Bourne on Henry's shoulders to a shooting star off the shoulders onto Rhodes. McIntyre runs in and kicks Henry in the gut several times and Bourne falls off Rhodes pins Bourne after the crossroads. The final match was good two and a quarter stars. The psychology of this does seem pretty wacky, but it is kind of fun to go back and watch now with the benefit of hindsight, knowing what all these guys went on to do. What'd you think watching it back for the first time in 10 years? It was a period where it was almost like being in a tag team was a curse there was no thought put into it it was not viewed as being a uh, big part of the show or a big part of the company you know for the longest time tag matches and tag teams just died 
And what I heard at the time, it was because there was four sets of trans versus two, which if the company is on fire, I don't know what that would matter. But the fact of the matter is, is if you look at the finish times on all those matches, there was no thought or concern or any anything coming from uh, anywhere from creative to build the tag division because all those finishes that went down in a minute this and a minute that and 44 seconds, you're not accomplishing anything. And when the night was over, you know, I don't know that you still accomplished anything. Um, but you look at Drew and you look at Cody and they had – even back then, you could see the potential in those guys. You know, the Hart Foundation, you know, how I feel about those guys. Uh, you had to sort through what you were doing in all those matches and figure, who at the very end do I want to really shine? And it just feels like to me it was piss poor organized. And the thought process just did, you didn't put any validity in the tag situation at the time. Yeah, listen, I'm glad it wound up where it did, and I'm looking forward to them doing some stuff with the Hart Dynasty. You and I have talked about how much we love them, and I like the tag team of McIntyre and Rhodes, but this is a little weird. Um, let's get to our, our big match, though. Randy Orton is going to win an elimination match over John Cena, Chris Jericho, Edge, Wade Barrett, and the champion, Seamus to take the WWE title in 21 minutes and 27 seconds. Believe it or not, Orton's the only one of the six who's cheered. Meltzer would say in order of how loudly they were booed from booed the most to least, it was John Cena, Jericho, Barrett, Seamus, then edge who got almost no reaction. Orton immediately pinned Jericho in a minute and 28 with the RKO and the match basically stopped as Jericho did a slow walkout. They teased and played it up like it was a lot more than a guy getting pinned and going to the back. There's even a Y2J chant as he leaves. And remember the stipulation. If he doesn't win the title, he's going to leave the WWE. Uh, Edge then spears Sheamus and Orton, but Cena delivers the AA to Edge and pins him at 1459. And then the rest of Nexus hit the ring, which distracts Cena and Barrett pins Cena after Wasteland in 1831. Orton hits the RKO on Heath Slater and then another on Barrett for the pin at 2031. And Sheamus immediately nails the bro kick on Orton, who then kicks out. Sheamus tries for the Iron Cross, which was formerly the Razor's Edge, but Orton escapes and hits the RKO and pins Sheamus to win the main event. He wins the world title and uh, it gets three and a half stars. I like the match. I thought it told a cool story. I think everybody was probably shocked to see. Jericho lose so quickly right at the start of the match, but maybe that's what you want. You want to swerve every now and again. It is a bit of a weird crowd though. I kind of thought they would have been hotter for some of these guys, but there's lots of booze going around. what do you think watching this one back? Well, at least Jericho left for a while pretty soon after that, right? Yeah. So at least the stipulation was accurate. You know, they fulfilled it. Uh, you knew Jericho was going to come back. Uh, I did. Uh, I think the audience probably knew that wasn't the end of him, but he did leave for a while, I think, and maybe go on tour if my collection, you know, if my, uh, recollection serves me right. I think him and Fozzie went out on tour for a while after that. 
I think I think the next week they had him on Raw and Jericho, uh, or yeah, he's going to face Randy Orton and Orton punts him in the head, and they use this to explain his departure. I mean, he comes back like, gosh, a year later, but yeah, he took a year off to to do some music stuff and some TV stuff and all that jazz. But yeah, this is a step they're actually going to honor. NMLS number six five zero eight four equal housing lender. Woo! Of course, by now, everyone has heard about the historically low mortgage rates. In fact, a lot of families are getting interest rates in the twos. That's right, the twos. But just last week, one expert said that we're on borrowed time with these low rates. So if saving money is important to your family, the time to act is now. Find out how much money you can save right now by getting a better rate, skipping your next two house payments, and cutting years of unnecessary payments off of your loan at SaveWithConrad.com. Well, and... And as far as the involvement with uh, the Nexus, no DQ anywhere, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, this is a six-pack elimination challenge, and it is for the title. You would think that somebody somewhere would get DQ'd for all this interference, but that's not the case, and I'm sure you could poke holes in that. Well, yeah, you know, and and I'm not – I hate to sound negative about everything, but there's just some things that can be fixed. You know, the talent is out there busting their ass. I have no doubt, top to bottom, everybody worked hard for the allotted time that they had. I'm not certainly not down, you know, on the talent because I was there and I saw it, and God knows they were fighting enough changes and and, uh, starting and stopping and not having any TV time and their angles being cut off short. There were so many negatives, you know, to try to get someone established uh, that we were fighting every single week, you know, and, um, this is one of those situations. If it seems like to me, it's an elimination match. Okay. You get beat, you're gone. But a group of guys that are not involved in the match physically get involved. That's gotta, it's gotta be a DQ, right? It's gotta be, or it's confusing if it's not. Um, I do think by Cena going down, as early as he did for the naysayers of Cena and the ones that did not like him in the audience, that match took on a whole different feel then. Okay, John's out. So he's not winning. So we're not sitting here waiting on John Cena to win. He's out of the, uh, he's out of the mix. So then I think it got interesting for the fans of the other guys that were left. Uh, Randy is probably the guy that should have went over. For sure, and all you, again, all you got to do is go by the crowd reaction. They'll tell you. Uh, and anytime you can, you know, put put the title on Randy Orton, you did a, the right thing. I think under most situations. No, I totally agree. I, I do wonder. Do you think? Do you think John Cena losing the pin to Wade Barrett is this a month too late? Yeah, it, it would have been great if they would have been pushing, pushing, pushing all along. This would have been another cog in the wheel of getting the Nexus red hot. You know, you you well, you've got that many guys, and obviously they had loosened the rules to where those guys could show up anywhere, anytime, and you know, even if they just got bounced around, if there was contact in the match. And they weren't initiating it. I think that was the way that that we got out of that. But it was still confusing. Who punched who? 
you know, but those guys should have been shoved and shoved and shoved every single week. They should have just about, you know, taken the show over. Look what it did, Conrad, for three guys with the NWO. Yeah. Three guys took the company over. Yeah. There, there was 80 guys probably on the roster and three guys were able to dominate the show, take it over, control it. And it was done in a way that was smart and clever, and it made some sense. Baseball bats will ward off your average bear. You know what I mean? Sure. So there was a way very easily to use those numbers to just take the show over. It had been done before. It could be done again. And these were all, this was your future. You know, for the most part, these young guys were going to be your future coming up. So shove them and shove them hard. Well, we're going to shove some questions your way next week for another hashtag ask Arn anything. If you haven't already check us out over at adfreeshows.com. You can get all these shows early and ad free. And as a special bonus this month, we also did a watch along of Arn watching his last pay-per-view match with WCW. It's Halloween havoc 1996 against Lex Luger. Uh, we've got a very special one next month too. We're going to make Arn watch Abdul the butcher get electrocuted at uh, chamber of horrors, 1991. So. Lots of fun stuff happening in the month of October. You'll also get Hell in a Cell 2010 and Bragging Rights 2010. It's all happening early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. If you've got a question for Arn, it's easy to ask and participate. Just ask it over on Twitter. It's at the Arn Show. Until next time, I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you back here next week for another hashtag Ask Arn Anything on Arn. Get your Arn gear at ArnShirts.com. And check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official store of The Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate StevenSinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to, I hate fast, free and safe shipping. Steven singer jewelers. That's I hate I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. What made you come to Save With Conrad in the first place? Yeah, so uh, the idea of a 30-year loan became less and less appealing to me, and I really didn't want such a black cloud looming over my head for so long. So, you know, being an avid listener of Conrad's podcast and always hearing about Save With Conrad uh, routinely, you know, I figured, you know, let's Let's give refinancing a go. You know, why not? Can't hurt anything. So 
really, that's pretty much it. Got put in contact with the team, and the rest is history. I actually got $97,000 knocked off of my total scheduled payments from the original loan, and about five, six years um, saved. Man, I, so I see here that Derek helped you out with your refinance. How was it working with Derek and the team? Oh, it was, Derek was, Derek was great. Um, and as with the team, you know, it was such a fluid, pain-free, quick, and highly efficient process. Was there anything that we could improve in the future? Actually, I, I would, I, I have a hard time imagining any improvement. If you were to have an open mic to all our listeners, what would you tell them um, to encourage them to come to Say With Conrad? You want some kind of pain-free, uh, quick, efficient process where you won't be going through the headaches, you know, you won't feel like you're going through the motions, you won't feel like you're stuck spinning your wheels because things aren't moving as you think they should. I would highly suggest reaching out to Save with Conrad and I mean it's I don't I don't foresee anything being better. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.